Grace, mercy, and peace be to you from God the Father, and from our Lord Jesus Christ, who gave himself for our sins, that he might rescue us from this present evil world, according to the will of our God and Father, to whom be glory forever and ever. Amen. That portion of God's word which we consider this morning, the Holy Spirit caused the evangelist Mark to write for our great comfort and learning. We place a special emphasis on these words. Then looking up to heaven, he sighed and said to him, Ephatha, that is, be opened. Let us pray. A pledge of peace from God I see when thy pure eyes are turned to me to show me thy good pleasure. Jesus, thy spirit and thy word, thy body and thy blood afford my soul its dearest treasure. Keep me kindly in thy favor, O my Savior. Thou wilt cheer me. Thy word calls me to draw near thee. Amen. It is a particularly touching story that a man who can't hear and can't speak has friends who bring him to Jesus. My grandparents were deaf. They thankfully learned sign language. But even knowing things, knowing sign language and able to communicate with others who do, being able to somewhat read lips and especially facial expressions, a deaf person is confused. If any of you have been to a foreign country whose language you don't speak, it's something akin to that, but even harder. When I went to Germany, I was 16 years old and I didn't speak German. And everybody kind of thought I was stupid. That's why the word dumb is the old word for mute. And people stop saying dumb because people get offended because they just use it as a word for unintelligent. But why did it become a word for unintelligent? Because people think that because you can't hear and you can't talk, you're not the brightest. And so it's a humbling position to be in. And this man, who was a burden on everybody, he, he couldn't communicate. He couldn't add to a conversation. He couldn't explain to people how he was feeling. He didn't understand what other people were feeling. He was living a life in confusion, and he had never heard of Jesus. How could he? He can't hear. He didn't know him. He was deaf. And he couldn't ask, even if he did know him, could you please take me to Jesus or show me where he is, because he couldn't talk. He was dumb. There were some friends of his who had heard of Jesus and knew him, and they had faith in Jesus. They had such faith in him that they brought their deaf-mute friend to Jesus for him to heal and to help we are not saved by the faith of another person. The man, who, uh, the one who is righteous by faith, by his faith shall live. If you believe in your heart that Christ raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Nobody else's faith can save you. Not your parents, not your friends. But do you know what faith can do? Faith can boldly approach the throne of grace and ask God for help in time of need. Faith can move a person to love another by bringing him to Jesus, by pointing him to the source of his own joy and his own healing. That is what faith can do. And so I want you who have relatives who are, don't know Christ or are having a bad time, a hard time, or friends, we're struggling in life. Don't know where to go and what to do. 
I want you to remember these people who are nameless, who brought the deaf mute to Jesus. And I want you to remember that God does not despise or ignore the prayers of his children. He listens to you. He loves to hear you pray to him. He loves especially when you have the same desire that he does. Because God desires all men to be saved and to come to the knowledge of the truth. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. God does not desire the death of a sinner, but that he turn from his evil way and live. God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. And when you desire this, and you express this desire in your prayers, and you bring someone to Jesus, then you are being a child of God. You are being merciful as God has shown mercy to you. Why you're here. You're here to receive mercy. And you're here to be healed. Now, it is simply a true thing that God, who hid himself in mortal flesh and blood, when he does miracles to people in his earthly ministry, Jesus, everything he does to the body, he can do to the soul. This is why he says, Do not fear those who can destroy the body, but cannot harm the soul. Rather, fear him who can cast both body and soul into hell. Whatever he can do for the body, he can also do for the soul. And so if somebody is blind, and he makes the blind to see, so he also can make a soul that is blind to the truth see the truth. And if someone is crippled so that he can't move, and he heals that cripple, so he also can raise up a soul that can make no move towards God. And if someone is deaf, so that he can't hear and dumb, so that he can't speak. Jesus can speak, and that man will hear and speak. And so also, someone whose soul doesn't listen to God, or as the scriptures say, you were without God and without hope in the world. You were dead in your sins and trespasses. Yet Jesus can say, Lazarus, come out. And the dead man rises. Young man, I say to you, arise, and his body lives. And so also, he can make someone who has ignored God his entire life hear him. He can change your heart. And he can make a mouth that never knew to speak the truth, but deceived and lied. He can fill it with the praise of God. So that you know and realize that God really does all things well. Now, I had a good conversation yesterday with somebody about how there is a spiritual reality to everything, right? And I think that people who ignore this spiritual reality and live only material lives and think only of the material things are ignoring basically most of life. They're just going through kind of playing a game, it seems. They don't know why things are happening. There is good and there is evil. And I would like to remind you of how God made man. God formed man from the dust of the earth, and then he breathed into him the breath, the spirit of life, and he became a living creature. That is how God made man. He became alive when he was given a spirit, a breath. And you know that when you die, it is your spirit leaving your body. Now, how is it that we now die? How is it that we have deaf people, and dumb people, and blind people, and diseases? Where did these bodily maladies come from? They came from a spiritual malady. 
the devil said, did God really say that you may not eat of all the trees in the garden? Well, oh, he said you can eat of all the trees in the garden, except for this tree of the knowledge of good and evil. That's what he said. Liar. But what does the devil do? He doesn't want Eve to listen to the word of God. He wants Eve to set it aside. The devil's entire goal, everything, any temptation you feel and you go through, is to make you forget the word of God. If you're greedy, he doesn't want you to think, thou shalt not steal and be generous. If you're, if you're tempted by lust, he doesn't want you to think about marriage and adultery. If you're tempted by gossip, he doesn't want you to think about loving your neighbor as yourself and protecting his reputation. He's going to say, did God really say? And this original sin of Adam and Eve is precisely not hearing God. That's what it is. It's losing faith. Faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. God said, let there be light, and there was light. His word creates. The relationship between God and man was, was, was joined together in perfect love because of his word, because of what he said. He created you. He said, let us make man in our own image. And he made man male and female with his word. And so every temptation that you face is the devil saying, you can do it. You can listen to, as that song goes, listen to your heart. Follow him. You're in charge. You will not surely die. But you will. An interesting thing, and I've brought this up in previous sermons. Everybody that Jesus raised from the dead in his earthly ministry later died again. The guy he made to, be, uh, to, to hear and to speak... He can't hear and speak. His body is waiting for the resurrection in the ground. Everybody he made to see isn't seeing anymore. He's dead. It was a temporary healing. You see? The wonderful. I don't want to be deaf. I want to be able to speak. One of the greatest joys of my life is to hear you guys sing. Especially the little kids belting it out. What a beautiful thing. The problem is the soul. And whatever Jesus does to the body, he can do to the soul. Look at this, what he does. They brought him to him, and Jesus immediately wants to help him. Immediately. He stops everything. He stops, and he says, come here. And he takes him aside private, off to the side. Now, this guy doesn't, who is this man? He doesn't know who Jesus is. He doesn't know him. Maybe they're going to help him. I mean, I trust my friends. He's confused. He doesn't know. And so Jesus has to speak a kind of sign language, right? He took him aside and he put his fingers in his ears. So Jesus puts his fingers into his ears. Right? He's saying, I'm going to fix this. That's what he says with the sign language. And then he spits and touches his tongue. He gets attention to the tongue, touches his tongue. And he says, I'm going to heal this. And then he looks up to heaven. And he sighs. Now, one thing I know about deaf people, when I was a surly teenager who was walking around moping like this because I was trying to be cool, you know how it is. I don't know. Maybe you guys are perfect teenagers. You know, like just mopey. I'd be walking through the kitchen and my mom, whose parents are deaf, would say, shut up. 
And I'd be like, Mom, I didn't say anything. She said, yes, you did. Because I had this expression of mobiness on my face. And for her, growing up, if she did that with her parents, they'd be like, what's going on? Because your face tells it to you. Do you see? And so when Jesus, Jesus, deaf people pay attention to facial expressions. Jesus looks to heaven. Because every good and perfect gift comes from God. God is going to heal him. And then he sighs. Now, a lot of people have different comments on this. And I think that most of them are right. One is that he's showing them that he feels his pain. Okay, sorry, I know Bill Clinton said that, you people who are older. But it's true, he did. He did feel the pain. But I think it's more than that. I think it's that he is telling him that he understands not only his pain, but that he is going to bear it. He bears it. The prophet Isaiah said, Surely he has borne our sicknesses, carried our diseases. That is why God sent his son into the world. We were deaf. We couldn't hear him. We didn't want to listen to him. We couldn't talk to him right. We couldn't pray with confidence to him, without hope and without God in the world, in darkness. We were blind. We were deaf. We were mute. And God, it pained his heart to see this world in misery. It hurts him. It moved him from his innermost being. And his heart pressed out his son and sent him, who went willingly and wrapped himself in our mortal flesh and blood permanently. And he used that flesh and blood not for his own pleasure, not to eke out a few years of happiness in this short life, but to carry our sicknesses and sorrows and our sins. He came to take our place. He loves the guy. He cares about him. He takes him aside and speaks to him more clearly probably than anybody else has. And he lets him know who he is and what he's going to do. He's going to heal him. God's going to do it. And he's going to do it as one who loves him, who bears and understands his pain and his disease. And that is what Jesus knows about you. Now, we never stop talking about sin and forgiveness in this place because the Bible doesn't stop doing it. He took on your flesh and blood so that he might sympathize with your weakness. That's what the Bible says. He was tempted in every way like you are, but without sin. And he understands your sin, not just because he's the all-knowing God, but because as a man, he bore sin, all sin. It's punishment. It's wickedness, it's perversity, it's pain. He knows you. He knows it all. He knows your deafness. He knows your muteness. He knows how weak you are. We're just saying this. Forget him not whose meekness still bears with all our sin, who healeth all thy weakness, renews thy life with him. He knows how to do it. And he does it with his word. Ephatha. It's the first word the man ever heard. Be opened. Let there be light, and there was light. Be opened, and he could hear speak. It is the devil's only lie. Every other lie is related to this. Did God really say? He wants to take you away from trusting in your Creator because you have all these notions. You know, like God, why does God allow evil? Why does why is that guy still deaf? He's not still healing the, the deaf and the mute and but as I said before, everybody he healed now isn't healed bodily. Why did Jesus tell him not to tell anybody? 
Do you ever wonder that? Why did he say, don't, he strictly charged them. He strictly commanded them not to tell anybody. But the more he commanded them, which means he kept commanding them. Wait, no, no, don't tell, no, don't tell. They told it even more because it was such a beautiful thing. He has done all things well. He even makes the deaf to hear and the mute to speak. Why did he say, don't tell everybody? Because his real purpose in performing all these miracles was not simply temporarily to help them. All of these healings, even his resurrections, were temporary. Do you understand? He came and he, he came with nothing but the purpose to save sinners. This is a faithful saying and worthy of all acceptance. Paul says that Christ Jesus came to this world to save sinners of whom I am the chief. He came to bear the sin of the world as John called him. Behold the Lamb of God, the sacrifice to take the sin of the world. And what does this mean? This means that all the times that you have failed to listen to God, that you have pushed him away who made you, that falls upon him. And all the times that you have abused his word, that you have mocked him, all the times that you have failed to pray, that is placed upon him. And all the lack of trust that you see in yourself, that was born in his body. He knows the pain of it, the confusion of it. He knows what it's like to be deaf and not to be able to speak. He knows it spiritually. And that's why we trust him. He didn't want him to talk about that miracle as if that's why he came there. He wanted that miracle to point him to Christ on the cross. Because that is permanent healing. Here in your soul shall live, the prophet says. And that's what he does today. When I say, I forgive you all your sins, I know some of you visiting may have never heard this before. Who is this man who forgives sins? I'll tell you who I am. I am a man sent by God. How can they preach unless they are sent? I am sent by God, by Jesus Christ himself, who said through his church, who said to his apostles on the night when he rose from the dead, peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, even so I send you. And the Lord Jesus breathed on his disciples. Just as he had breathed into Adam the breath of life and he became a living person, he breathed in his disciples and he said, Receive the Holy Spirit. Whosoever sins you forgive, they are forgiven them. And that is the authority by which I forgive sins. And I say to you, be opened. Let your soul be opened. Let the bonds that have bound your tongue from confessing your sins be loosed. Your heart be open to receive from this man who is your God the greatest blessing you could ever have peace with God forgiveness of sins reconciliation hope courage a fervent and sure expectation that you are going to live forever with God your body will be raised and there will no longer be any deaf mutes or any blind you will see clearly and hear clearly what ear hasn't heard, eye hasn't seen, nor hasn't entered into the heart of man. God now enters into your heart with this word. I forgive you from this bondage. I have the authority. To That's what he has. All authority in heaven and on earth, he puts into his word. Tells you your sins are forgiven. And that is why I am so touched by this story. And these men take pity on a man who didn't know anything, didn't know even where he was going. 
But they brought him to Jesus. Bring your children to Jesus. Bring your wife to Jesus. Bring your husband to Jesus. Bring your friends to Jesus. And go with them to be healed. Because you need it just like they do. I'm so happy to see a lot of you coming back to church and coming every summing as often as you can. Because you are receiving the same power that created the world, but more than that, that raised Lazarus from the dead, but more than that, that forgives sins and makes you spotless and righteous in the sight of God, that you can trust in him. God grant it to us all for Jesus' sake. Amen.